And welcome to a new episode of Live Evil Pod. This is a super fan version of the Live Evil Pod. We are doing an ode to all our favorite players, all the ones that made 2022 an unforgettable year for us. And today we have a special guest to help us dissect and understand and help us learn who the king of spring, the ratio king, the guy who just tweets nonstop. We'll get to learn a little bit more about Vulcan himself. And joining with us, Andrea, is Amanda. And so, Andrea, Amanda, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, hi. <laughs> and hi. That's like your shortest intro ever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> No, it's all good. I know we have a lot to talk about. And Amanda, it's my understanding this is your first time on a podcast. And I wonder, like, you know, just how the feeling is right now for you to think about what you're going to share with us. Don't worry. We'll guide you through all of it. Uh, why don't you start off just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got connected to the LCS. And we'll go from there. So I actually hadn't been playing League for that long. Uh my friends had been begging me to play for a long time, aka like three years, and I didn't actually start playing until two years ago. Hmm. And, you know, it, when you're playing with your friends, it's fun. And also, when you're watching esports with your friends, it's fun. And that's sort of how I got into watching League Esports for the first time, was around the time of Worlds last year my friends were all like, let's, you know, let's watch together. It'll be fun. And I was like, well, I don't really know what to expect. I've never watched esports before. I mean, I played League, but that's a whole different story. And I had a, I had a really great time watching Worlds last year and getting connected to teams I hadn't really known that much about before. And that kind of you know, spearheaded just my interest in and especially the LCS, but also just, you know, global league esports. And ever since then, I've had a great time watching it all year. That's so, I'm so jealous. I've never had friends who watch anything <laughs> esports. <laughs> I've tried. I tried because my friends were the ones that made me watch, I mean, start playing league. But then I tried to get them into the esports thing and they never... I mean, I never got anyone interested in it. I have a, I have a couple friends who are, they are crazy fans. Like they know every player, they know like the history of everything. And you know, it's good to have those type of people because you know, if you want to get really into it, you gotta have somebody there to tell you everything. That's awesome to hear, and, and it's just like Andrea. I have no physical friends that can I can talk mm -hmm. to sports with. It's just like mm, I'm so by myself here and i got in late to the game uh, most of my friends were in more in the starcraft scenes and so this esports things was hanging out there and you know it's just it's just crazy and so your history is fairly young so to speak but you're already like in it you got to watch a whole host of different teams and it's still mainly like korean and china dominated maybe some little eu what made you land on North America? So in Worlds 2021, I ended up getting really close to 
to Cloud9. Hmm. Just I saw them playing, and you know, of course, I enjoyed watching them in worlds, but I also went on to explore some of their content outside of just, you know, the eSport. Oh, right. So, you know, f- starts with, like, following on Twitter and then watching on YouTube. I ended up really, really liking their content on YouTube and getting to know the team and, you know, the coaches and everybody, and I felt like they were just really fun to watch. They had, like, fun personalities mm-hmm. bantering with each other and everything. And so out of all the teams at Worlds that year, I sort of felt closest to them. And I think that's definitely what made me want to keep following them. And then because of that, the rest of LCS the next year. I think that's definitely easier with C9. They do like pushing out uh, the player personalities a lot. Um, So yeah, I can see how that will happen. I'm, I'm trying to remember who was, yeah, it was Team Liquid, 100 Thieves, and C9 at work, so I see, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I think the thing too, at least with Worlds last year with C9, is they went on that crazy miracle yes, run. Yes, the miracle run. That was the so, classic C9 so miracle cool. <laughs> and I was so into that. And I was, you know, I, I can remember vaguely of walking to class and just watching and listening to, you know, their games. And being like, oh my god, like, it was they're, really, they're really doing it. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember that day in particular, the day where they... It was a group day, right? That, that they had to play all of their games and they had to win them all and they won mm-hmm. them all. And it was like, I I was like sweating and, shake, and shaking. And it was, it was, it was, I'm not a Sinan fan. I've never been a Sinan fan. I'm much <laughs> more of a Sinan hater, in fact. Yeah. But like, I... It's North America and it's the world, so you get excited for them regardless. So, mm. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That <laughs> is a good call. Oh, and Amanda, you probably missed the whole drama with the whole team benching. That was before 2020, right? Yeah, I, you know, I may have heard of that vaguely, but I <laughs> probably don't know the, all the drama. It was fun. <laughs> it was it was definitely fun. Whoa, um, to hear it. Uh, we we definitely can talk a little bit about that in the off air. That was like a time when like the whole team got benched, and you know, just you get all these new people, and that probably that's just why our favorite guy for this show got a chance to prove himself on the C nine roster because of that whole drama that unfolded. And so, with that said. Um, Andrea, what, why don't you guide us into the next question? Yeah, also, so you already told us that uh, you feel attached to C9. Like, would you, do you still consider like C9 is like your favorite team or do you have other teams or did you just like the players? I, I would say I'm sort of a player person versus an mm-hmm. org person. So I was definitely close to the players. My first esports love was Perks. I oh, wow. was a Perks wow. fan. Wow. Um, I didn't know this. <laughs> I'm learning today. Yeah, you're learning. I was a Perks fan for, you know, his time on C9. Uh, so that was, you know, my first favorite player. And then, you know, we'll go into the whole Vulcan thing. But he was, he followed Perks. And, but, you know, that was, those were, you know, my first conne- big connections to players, specifically players. So, okay. 
and then so why 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 is now your favorite plate Vulcan? Because that's what you are known for, by the way. In case you didn't oh, know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are known for being a Vulcan fan. <laughs> I, you know, looking back at it, it's hard to know exactly what like changed my mind for him to be my favorite player. He was always like basically tied for my favorite player on C9 last year. Um, but I, I think this year, because I was much more focused on LCS mm -hmm. than like LEC where perks went back to, I just didn't follow LEC. Mm. I didn't care enough, Understandable. but I definitely, <laughs> yeah, no, no LEC here, only LCS. I, I just felt much more connected to the North American scene and because Vulcan was still here and, you know, he's always been here, I had a lot of more opportunities to get to know his personality and, and his play better. Yeah, that's fair. And I feel so, like yeah, so, yeah we, we, we really don't care about LEC here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it like that, but <clears throat> yes. I feel like Vulcan uh, also got a ch chance to show off a little bit more of his personality this year, in particular. Yes. Mm -hmm. I feel like he always has been like this. People just didn't really know him that well because being on C9 means like you have to compete with all these other big personalities that are on that team. And him being like a much more known player at the start of the year on EG gave him like this space to like take some of the spotlight and do all his uh, Twitter shenanigans and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like the fact too that he, on C9, at least last year, basically everybody was a veteran. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was just a bunch of big names mm -hmm. who've yeah. been in the league forever. Um, but on EG this year, you know, obviously there's, there's Impact, who's the, vet, the veteran. But, you know... For the first time, I feel like at least from my knowledge, Vulcan was also like one of the only veterans on the team. And, mm. you know, he might not be impact, but he's definitely been around for More a long time. More established personality, yeah. yeah. Um, so he was like meshing with these younger guys and, you know, having his personality bounce off of theirs. And I feel like on EG, it was just, he, he definitely, his personality definitely fit really well with the other guys. And I, I personally feel like that gave him an opportunity to show off more and just, you know, build up more of a, like a online personality and also just, you know, something fans could, could look at him and be like, oh yeah, like that's the ratio guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's the ratio guy. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. Vulcan has talked about it this year, and uh, we're going to go through a little bit of his history because uh, he has gone from being himself the NA talent, the prodigy, the one that that's brought up because he's super hyped and he's like this young player that's hungry to prove himself. And he's suddenly thrown into this situation in which now he's not that. He's no longer that. He's the person that has to help the prodigies, the younger talent, 
the new guy. So it's like a little bit of a change for him. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Vulcan. Um, I actually have some exp some. Uh, I started following Vulcan very early in his career. Um, I don't know if if many people know about uh, scouting grounds. Do you guys mm -hmm. know about scouting grounds? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, know I was it is, very hyped when they first introduced yeah. it. Yeah. So like, this, scouting grounds is now dead. <laughs> they don't <laughs> do it anymore. So like, uh, some newer fans probably don't really know. Like the last time they did it, it wasn't even that much. It didn't really get that much no. attention. Uh, so like, I don't think the newer fans know about it. But scouting grounds was an event that happened at the end of the year. Uh, every competitive year, and they got all the 20 highest-ranked players from solo queue, put them into teams. The LCS teams will like group to help uh, these players like test themselves in a semi-competitive environment. Like they will scream each other. They will have some coaching from the staff from LCS teams, and like they will, it will give them a chance to like show off. This all these solo queue players will get a chance to show off themselves in a team environment and see and coaches and staff could get to listen to them in comms and things like that because before it was not like CQ, was CQ didn't exist so people didn't know how others behave in comms and all that so it's like it was a more it was a different era of us yes. mm -hmm. um, and we had this event and it was really hyped and in scouting runs 2017 was uh, Vulcan was in that he was uh, picked for participating in that and this is like one of the most stacked pool mm -hmm. of scouting rounds that there has ever been in the history of LCS um like I'm and Vulcan's team was one of the most stacked teams in the history of scouting rounds I, I'm gonna read the names because it's, it's it's wild so the top laner was Kaizen Kaizen is the person who known is known as Max Waldo the coach of C9 mm -hmm. The, the jungler was Blabberfish 2, the mid laner was Palafox, the AD carry was Prismal, and Vulcan was the support. So that's <laughs> that's crazy stacked. And then other players in this pool of scouting rounds were Spica, uh, League, who is now more well known as Kumo, mm. Ablaze Olive. So this is a really big crop of talent that happened. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. It was a really cool event. There's this documentary on, on YouTube that you can find uh, about the event. In, that is really nice, and I think every LCS fan should watch that. Uh, I watched it recently, and I was just like amazed seeing all these players in the same place, and like they were so young, and we didn't know they would make it this far, but it, it's amazing, honestly. Hmm. So Vulcan got picked by Clutch Gaming. Does anyone remember Clutch Gaming? Oh, yeah. Come on. World Clutch, time, but I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, so Clutch Gaming was <laughs> Clutch Gaming was the spot that now takes now is Dignitas, right? Yeah, they mm -hmm. were bought by Dignitas uh, in the last year. So Vulcan was picked up to play for Clutch Gaming. And fun fact about Clutch Gaming: the person that did the scouting for Clutch Gaming is now the person that does the scouting for G. That oh, was Empire. 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 Yeah. So Empire told us about about Vulcan uh, in the EG Discord uh, some months ago, I think uh, I don't remember when, that Vulcan was the first academy player that they signed. So like, if people don't remember, Clutch Gaming Academy was the team that had Vulcan and Piglet in the Vault lane. 
Uh, so like that's basically what they were known for. They oh yeah, it's a team with Piglet. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, like uh, at first it was like that. Like why is Piglet playing on an academy team? Well because he didn't he couldn't play in LCS because he took an improv slot. People didn't want him, etc. All that. Like um, at first it was like the Piglet team, and during the time that passed in in academy that year in 2018, it was very very clear that Vulcan was a star player in the making. I remember, like, I was just so excited about him, too. Uh, I think he was a really, really insane player. Um, so Emperor was telling us that Vulcan was signed first uh, for Clutch, and then they signed Piglet to make sure that he had uh, an experienced player to learn with. And a lot of, in a lot of organizations were interested in Vulcan, but, like, Emperor kept telling them to, like, keep him just keep him like he's really important you don't you don't want to lose him and i mean that was a really good decision because uh at the end uh they ended up promoting Vulcan next year and Vulcan went to worlds with clutch gaming and then Vulcan became one of the most expensive players in the history of the lcs do you remember that chris i did that oh my god did you guys so you guys have heard about this? Amanda, have you heard about this? Vaguely, vaguely. So like, okay, in the period from the transition from 2019 to 2020, Dignitas told Vulcan that they were going to keep him. Now he's going to stay with us. But then they, then they, apparently they changed management or something. And they were like, no, now we're going to trade you to C9. And Vulcan was like, okay, fine. <laughs> we traded to C9. And then they were like, oh no, never mind. We are not trading you. And it was like a whole mess. Oh because God. they mm. wanted more money. So like, mm. so like Classic. yeah, so Jack says that he offered three, oh my God, I don't know how to, three, 300K at first. And then he kept going mm. up, up, up. So the reported, uh, what was reported was that C9 paid uh, 1.5 million but yeah, for Vulcan. Wow. That's like, wow. That's, yeah, that's a lot of money for an, a resident player who's only had one year of experience, right? And uh, what C9 says that they paid is 1.75 million. So, Oof. yeah. That's the, and the uh, funniest part about this is that uh, Jack says it's, it's, it's worth. It's worth. <laughs> It's worth. No, it is. It is. I'll say. It. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, in in Clutch Academy, Vulcan was really, really uh, a big star. I think. Uh, uh, I know a lot about this because I was. I don't know if Chris, you remember this, but I'm a big fan of Piglet, so I followed yes. Yes. Clutch Academy very closely. And I even have these memories from watching Piglet stream and hearing French in the background of the stream. Like, I didn't know who that was at first. <laughs> then I learned that Vulcan was French-Canadian, and it all made more sense. Mm. Um, I think uh, Vulcan has spoken a lot about how the experience was playing with Piglet, because you guys know Piglet is a very um, mm. controversial player. Yes. He doesn't have the best reputation, and Vulcan has said that he was really hard to work with as a teammate, but, like, because he's, like, you know... Not very good at communicating. Uh, <laughs> and like put, he no, gets, not good. Yeah, and he gets a little bit, uh, 
like he he says he loses trust in his teammates when they start losing. So close game in the first in 20, 2019, it was uh, when Piglet and Vulcan were playing together in clutch in the LCS, and like that team did super bad. Was it last place? I don't remember if it was last place or ninth place, but it was to was the low. bottom of the LCS. <laughs> it was really bad, right? <laughs> like uh, so, like yeah, if you start losing that much and your teammate starts like not wanting to play with you, it's really hard. So. But still, um, uh, he thinks that Pliggle was a very good player, and he obviously liked him as a person, but yeah, as a teammate, it was really hard. I do remember Piglet, because Piglet is very special about the supports he plays with, and he always seemed to like like Vulcan a lot. Like, Vulcan has this uh, anecdote, anecdote that Impact told him that Piglet was always talking about Vulcan like Vulcan was faker. Like he was like, no, <laughs> like this guy faker. is insane. It's like, yeah, and I believe that because whenever I saw Piglet interact with him, he, he seemed to like him a lot, and like he seemed to really trust and believe in him. And I think that's 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 earned because Bokan really was some. I, I, I you could see it. He was a special player when you saw him play in clutch. Wow. It it, you know, it just blows my mind all the way from when you talked about scouting grounds because I completely forgot about that. I know there was a lot of names, and just seeing all these names, it's it's really amazing. Yeah, but yeah. Vulcan's <laughs> story, right? So he's tied to the hip with Empire, from what you're sharing. And then so another thing that people, I don't think people, I don't know if people realize, is that Clutch Gaming in 2019, it's basically the spiritual ancestor of Evil Geniuses <laughs> because they had well. the like. They had Vulcan, they had Empire, they had Andrew Barton, mm. they had Artemis, they had Rigby. Like this is this is basically. Oh my gosh, I <laughs> yeah, didn't know I was a hidden fan of Dignitas, or Clutch. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <clears throat> I don't, I don't think people realize that they were mm. all Clutch gamers. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Any thoughts from you, Amanda, about uh, his, you know, his young, upcoming, early part in his LCS uh, experience? I, I, as much as I've done little bits of research here and there, since I didn't have the, since I didn't watch it back then, mm -hmm. I don't have like the same, you know, perspective that Andrea does. Cause you know, she's, <laughs> she knows everything. She's, she's got all the <laughs> I, I experience. <laughs> I'm just the academy expert here. Oh, you guys yeah. yes, yes, oh, she is. well known. <laughs> um, but you know, it is, it is interesting to see like he is an example of developed NA mm -hmm. talent. Yeah, absolutely. I think people forget that because he's been like in very successful teams that he was also like once just another NA talent that uh, had to make it up. Mm -hmm. Like, because he's been very successful. It's like, I don't know people forget that he started very, very short time ago. Like it's not it's not been that long. Like Clutch Gaming was in twenty nineteen. That's like what? Mm -hmm. I cannot do math right now. Three, Three years ago. Three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do math. It's not that long you ago. You can't ask Andrea about anything academy related. She'll tell you about the years <laughs> and all the players and their stats, but don't ask her about math. Fair, fair. I, I don't know it either. So <laughs> Um Yeah, but he all the thing too is that he's he's not a young guy in terms mm. of like, you know, LCS standards. Like, now we have all these guys starting at, like, 17 and 18. But, you know, if I do the math, 
and know that he's 23 now. In 2019, he would have been 20. And mm-hmm. that's, that's an age where nowadays a lot of these guys have been playing for a couple of years already. Yeah. Yeah, you're correct. He didn't start that early age-wise. I feel like this is a new phenomenon because we didn't have mm-hmm. those many young players before. Right, Chris? <laughs> correct. Correct. And, and when you talk about LCS, I mean, uh, how many parents would let their kids at a 16, 17-year-old to start <laughs> playing video games as a professional or not, it's, not even it's changing trying? Now, but yeah. I <laughs> it don't is think changing. that was very, that very common before. Yeah. So 20 years old was fairly typical or maybe even on the younger side in, in LCS at least. I know in how China it's different. Blabber? But, yeah. Does anyone know yeah, how old is Blabber? Uh, I think he's like 25. So he's Wait, older. what? I can <laughs> check that. I can check that. 23, 24, 25, something along those lines. Yeah, he's 22. Oh, so oh like... he's 22. <laughs> uh, maybe he just looks older. Sorry, Blabber. Whoa. <laughs> I'm thinking because Blabber started earlier than Vulcan and he's younger, so that's wild. Mm-hmm. In that Love, era, but, during that time, let, let's just kind of... Um, I don't know if that's the, the direction you were headed, but when Vulcan came in, I think that that's, this is probably where the perception differs from, oh, Vulcan was a, you know, developed talent versus, you know, Danny and Jojo Pyun and all those that are upcoming now. Vulcan has been here, but he will have to compete against Afromu, Biofrost, you know, Hakuho, all of those names who were way more like core jj was already in lcs so he had a lot of competition and wasn't viewed as like someone who has immediate success in the first year but he was good already just people weren't paying attention to sports yeah i think i think that's often a problem is that supports can get you know brushed under the rug a little bit you know they they are so important and yet if a team isn't doing that great, but say the support is really good, they aren't gonna, people don't focus on that as much, I feel like, you know, and if there's, and versus like if the jungler is really good or mm-hmm. the mid laner is really good. Yeah. Supports don't was, carry it, a team. Go ahead, a, Nander. Like, this is not, this is completely unrelated, but I just realized that most of our young players, like young hype players, have been junglers. Like, I'm mm. thinking about Dardog, who was 17 when he started. I think Blabber was also very young when he started in 2018. Uh, Contracts, who was also 17 when he started. Uh, Mike Young, I'm just, mm. these names are on the top of my head. I just think that this is the only time when I do think I remember young players entering the LCS. In general, I don't think it happens, but we, di- we don't have a bunch of junglers that started very young. No. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, so yeah, after Clutch, well, we everyone already knows the story of Vulcan after Clutch. He went into C9, and then C9 had the most dominant split in the LCS. I think people say that, right? I don't. I'm not <laughs> sure if because I think I think Immortals in 2017 ha- in 2016 had the also a very dominant split, but I don't know if people have made up their mind about who's was more dominant. I guess C9 because they actually won playoffs. Unlike mm-hmm. Immortals, who definitely <laughs> did not win playoffs. So yeah, C9 had that really, really strong summer. The, I mean, really strong split, spring split, and then, and then, and then. 
Everything happens in summer. Everything goes goes to shit in summer. Yeah, that was pretty tragic, right? I mean, ima like, imagine you, you just completely and that. So I was scared, by the way, because EG did that thing in spring mm -hmm. and they rolled over. Yeah, and I immediately thought about, oh my, please, please don't don't be an RC9, please don't be an RC9. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every person who wins spring nowadays is going to be thinking the same. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. It, look, C9 has such a dominant start to the summer. I mean, they they oh, they were yeah, dominant spring. So. They had a dominant summer. I think they got bored by the time it, they have uh, half the split rolled around. The thing is that, and I think the same thing happened to EG in this summer. That I think that if you stay uncontested for too long, you start mm. falling behind. And people start catching up to you. And I feel like mm -hmm. that happened to you too this summer when they were just like playing whatever and just winning because they were better. And then suddenly everyone catches up at the same time and you are not on top and you have to struggle to, to even get the wins. Yeah. I think it's like, you know, you put so much mental fortitude into staying number one during like the regular season that when you get to playoffs and some of these middle teams are also competing who didn't win like basically every single game of the split they they have a little more energy left over than maybe mm. the top top teams oh definitely definitely can see that um particularly for these players right they're grinding and for eg they they also had like msi very very short before the summer split yeah, I mean, they didn't have that much rest too there's no yeah. rest <clears throat> i don't know about the 2019 c9 i felt like they had a bit more time after msi uh 2018 c9 and they didn't go to msi because COVID. Ah. <laughs> so that was one of the biggest strategies too like they got they got their win in spring but they didn't get to to go to any international tournament and people were saying this is the most dominant n18 that ha that has ever mm. been right but they never got to prove it so mm. yeah, <laughs> it's kind of sad yeah and then the next year it was like uh, the perks team right perks uh, there 2021 there you go amanda your favorite player That's, and there you go <laughs> <laughs> I remember yeah. I had a little bit, I was a little bit scared of Vulcan because he was like so, so insane in locking. I remember him, EG played the C9 in locking. I don't know if you remember this, Chris, but like EG had a really good locking last year. In, I mean, in 2021. 2021, that was the Yusuke That was the Yusuke era, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. And they had a really good locking. And then they, and then they, I remember was, I remember the thing that's, uh, also, like, I'm sorry, I completely blanked out. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I remember seeing, watching C9 in that, and I was like, oh, my God. Because that was a super team, right? Like, mm. kind of a super team, but, like, kind of a super team except for Fudge, because Fudge was, like, a promotion, and they didn't. But, like, they, this team has Blabber, the MVP. This team has Perks, the, you know, LEC GOAT. And this team has Sven. The best Western ADC. This had Vulcan, who would be the best uh, NA support if it wasn't for Core JJ, right? Mm. So like, it was a very hype team, mm. and like, it was a very like scary team to to be playing against. So I was like, I was always so scared of C9 because they were so, I don't know. Sometimes they were so like wacky and did mm. random stuff, but <coughs> most of the time they were just such a such a strong team. And I remember Vulcan was super cracked on the Alistar. 
I have this memory of double leaf, double leaf calling out that he wanted uh, Balkan to have his children when he was watching him play Solid Star. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Yeah, you earn a gr- very high praise when you know you stand out as a support, and Balkan did. I think Balkan had the curse of having been playing at the same time as Korea Yale this time because <laughs> mm. it's kind of really hard to displace Korea Yale, right? Yeah. Um, I I remember as when you said Alistair, I remember during Worlds. Um, I guess I don't remember exactly how that meta was, but I think it was definitely an engaged tank support meta during that Worlds. And my friends would call Vulcan a Leona one trick. Mm-hmm. They would they'd, oh. they would be like, he's on Leona right. again. Oh my god, the Leona. I remember one-trick. that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was good, so he was allowed to be a Leona one trick. <laughs> Yeah, this team was supposed to like dominate the region again because you know they spent a lot of money on perks. Oh yeah, a <laughs> lot. Remember of that? Money. A lot of money. <laughs> and then it like, and it was a bit weird because they barely beat Team Liquid with their as a sub. Mm. Oof. No, that was that was definitely a an interesting split. At that time, I was definitely more down on Zven because I I saw him more as a, like a KDA type of player. So if anything good came out of it, it's because he would got carried by a support. Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting thing for you to mention, because I don't know if you guys remember this article in which Vulcan was talking about how, <laughs> how he didn't want to keep playing with Sven. I do like, remember that, yeah. He told him, like, okay, if you guys want to keep playing with him, then I want to be traded. Like, <laughs> there, no mincing of words. It was very clear. Yeah, that was that was something for sure. I didn't expect someone to say something like that, but <laughs> I think Vulcan is he had I mean he was already with you, right? So like mm-hmm. he had moved on to become yeah. um a livable ambassador, like he was just living up the, to the brand. <laughs> yeah, that was that makes me think season. too, like imagine if he stayed on C nine as a sport and he got to play with Berser- Berserker. That would be pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, C9. Oh, it reminds me of the tweet. You guys remember that tweet that he did? Like, C9 is a, something about C9 being a really good team, but if only they had a, a oh. really good native support. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was so wet. The oh. burn was real. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't hide it, like, and how how his experience with C9. I'm sure he has good relations sometimes, but, you know, the, the things that we see, he was very much... Um, he made it personal when it comes to C9. He definitely had some really personal feelings against him. Yeah. I think, you know, in terms of specific players, he has good he has good relationships with them. No, of so. course. I mean, he obviously loves them. Yeah. But, like, you always want to be... Like, if they didn't want you, so you always want to, like, beat them, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, you always mm-hmm. going to hold this, like... Over them. It, the wins mean more mm-hmm. because he wanted to uh, he also wanted to prove because obviously he went to worlds with clutch but like it's not the same as winning an lcs championship mm-hmm. and he wanted to prove that he could win without c9 like it wasn't c9 giving him the wins it was mm-hmm. him yeah. so it's something that every player who changes teams kind of wants to do it's like no no i didn't just win because of my team i won because i am also part of that team and i make it better right mm-hmm. yeah because you know 
very, very rarely do supports get like MVP awards. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> <not> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, very rarely, except for him. <laughs> you can't, um, you can't like if you're you're just like looking at the players and you're like, well, who is the MVP and like who's the carry? You know, it's not usually the support who gets those types of awards mm -hmm. and like thoughts and stuff. So, if you're moving teams, like you have to show that you weren't just being carried around by the rest of your team. You weren't just being like that guy there to keep your ADC alive and you know maybe do some other stuff like you have to be the you have to be the guy like you have to be that guy to get that guy the LCS has such a like disproportionate amount I don't know if I don't know if the other regions have the same but most of the players that have won MVP are junglers in the last few years yeah yes definitely. yes even even in China and um, Korea it's usually you know only a few support actually stand out and none of them has ever won an mvp to my mm. understanding oh except ming i think nah, uh, for the lpl <laughs> and that's understandable <laughs> um yeah the lpl last two years or so i remembered support standing out but you know it takes that it takes for uh other regions to be like supports are important and then the lcs comes follow oh yeah supports are important mm -hmm. <sighs> kind of sad but let, uh as we kind of wrap up the professional the player side of vulcan you know i i don't even need to ask amanda does he is he your number one support in the lcs oh without question <laughs> number one support in the world oh wow <laughs> <laughs> but yeah in lcs he's I, I think, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that stand out to you? Any memorable plays from this past year as a member of EG that stands out to you? I, in recent history, I think of of him hitting that uh, Bard ulti oh. on Talia as she was going down the wave. I can't remember. I think it might have been Niski. Um, and... I thought that was so cool. It was so funny. It's just like, that doesn't happen a lot of the time. But some of the interactions with Talia ult are so so stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was just really funny. And really impressive, too. Yeah, I remember he has been having some really really wild Bard games mm -hmm. this year. <laughs> Bard oh is my a God. funny champion. Yeah, Bard is a champion for sure. Look, like hitting some mm -hmm. really sick moments, hitting some really sick ults. Yeah, I, I do remember. Absolutely. As a, as a support main myself, playing a Bard and hitting those, it's hard. It is yeah. so oh, yeah. hard. And, and like he pulled it out of nowhere. Like I don't <laughs> think no one had been playing that, and then he started playing it, and it was like, oh wow, <laughs> just like that. Mm -hmm. uh, he surprised us a lot. Did you show, you saw the growth this year? He he was known as like you said the Leona one trick or a Alistar maybe in the tanky then he's expanded to enchanters I think it was mm -hmm. this year and that was it's funny to see him on Yumi by the way he, he tweeted a lot about <laughs> it he he's an interesting enchanter player I'll, <laughs> I'll say that you know there's some of these guys who really like engaged supports yeah, they, they like to play en enchanters like engaged supports sometimes <laughs> and it can be very funny and sometimes it works, and sometimes it's just like, oh my god, what are you doing? Definitely. It's running it um, down with style. My, this is not Vulcan, but my friends told me about the. They showed me this clip of this play that Hilla sang 
did with Lulu. Yeah. Where he just flashes in and ults himself to try to knock people up and then immediately dies. And it's like, you know, it's the the thought was there. That sounds the like it was for sure. <laughs> Thank goodness we won't get to see that from Falcon. Maybe I'm, I'm speaking too soon. <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe. he would, he would, as a Yumi too, right? He would flash. Oh forward. yeah. If he, he even would takes just flash. flash, take flash on Yumi and just flash into the team and start ulting or something. You know, he would do it. My favorite moment from Vulcan this year was actually every single time that Andrew Barton tweeted anything and Vulcan was right there on the right there on the ratio like, like he said in the interview that he has notifications on for for any Andrew Barton tweet and then he will immediately in the middle of anything if he's screaming he's going to reply ratio it doesn't matter as he should as he should that's a great segue Great segue into letting us know Vulcan, the player to now Vulcan off the stage, Ratio King. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> what can any of you, either of you, track down his first ever Ratio tweet? Um, I, I might not be able to track down his first one, but definitely when it became like his thing, like, and people were really paying attention, was when he wrote Ratio on his forehead. <laughs> For that for lcs i don't know if you remember the the war with, with double if he had on because he oh, was yeah. crazy on oh, double yeah. all the time <laughs> and, and eventually then... don't live attack back right like he, yeah. he decided to fight back it's and he gone. won and he won yeah. so perhaps the dl <laughs> yeah and i think i think Vulcan stopped doing a lot of region after that but <laughs> yeah, he, it was um, such a funny moment. He calmed. He calmed down a bit after he got defeated, but My the, 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 he in he won the he won most of his battles, and I respect that. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think. I, oh, you, you, on on the topic of the the ratio on the forehead thing, I see. He probably had that all figured out. However, I was like the first person to reply to his tweet where he said, what should I write on my forehead for the next game? Oh, wow. And I said, you should write ratio on oh, your forehead. Wow. So I'm going to take, I'm going to yes. take like 30% credit. For, let's go. <laughs> we, let's go. Yes, let's do that. 100%. Yeah. As, you should. As you should. As you should. I agree. There you have it, guys. That's how the story came to be. That's how You're that's how the region. <laughs> that's how the story will forever be remembered is because of Amanda. Oh yes. So oh, I yes. think that it's this is this ratio arc. It's very interesting because it shows like it's a very creative way of getting yourself having like sort of a brand. And I think Balkan's very smart, mm. and he's like. He talked about this in an interview how he became more aware of how important out of game things are. Uh, as you are developing as a player, because at first you obviously need to focus on gameplay and like practicing and then just focus on the games, focus on things that like get you to improve as a player. But eventually you do have to like interact with the community and like establish your brand and stream or have something that people uh, can identify you with. And like also like just, just in general, just be there um, sort of like, well, sort of like that, yeah, establishing a brand, how important it is. Because we talk a lot about that, about how many players just 
people don't really care about them and like it's it's been a problem of, of the lcs mm -hmm. because like people keep talking about the old people the, the not the old people but people keep talking about double if and bjorsen double if and bjorsen and it's like guys mm. those guys are like have been playing since forever we have new people like we have fudge and blabber yeah i've seen our players so like there's there's more players like that we could be like highlighting or like focusing on or like who there's other people who have really interesting personalities but like we don't really get to see them a lot mm -hmm. so it's like players putting part of their efforts into seeing their personality and establishing themselves as like stars because we don't really have that many stars since double from jersey well well they're coming back so whatever but like <laughs> we need to have more like because they are not going to be here forever i say that and they still come back but they're not <laughs> They've retired and they come back. They, they uh, just—they're zombies. They've got to do something. So like we, we cannot—we <laughs> cannot depend on Beers and Doubly to hold all these star power in the LCS, right? So it's important for players to do their own thing and like, create their own image and create their own sort of path to be mm -hmm. to be in those LCS stars. And I think yeah. he's working really, like, smartly towards that. Yeah, it's like you know, sure, you could be remembered as a as a really good player, like a lot of these guys are remembered as. But you can also be rem remembered as like someone who had a big personality and a big presence with fans and online and everything. And, you know, that also is really important because it, it, gives, it gives a little something else. At the end to, of the day, LCS them. is entertainment, right? So yes. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we all want to be entertained, so it just, it just makes it better. And I think Vulcan is a prime, one of the prime, you know, players to have that, to think about that, encourage others to come out of their shell a bit more, to be able to, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah, so how he was, like, goes writing twist for Yo-Yo Pion. Because Yo-Yo Pion <laughs> yeah, doesn't... he's a ghostwriter. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, like, in, in EU files when Yo-Yo Pion, like, doesn't know how to use Twitter, and his people oh have to God. teach him how to, like, uh, do the, for example, the, what was it called? the oh my god i'm forgetting but like remember when vulcan timed that tweet in the middle of a game oh uh, yeah 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 like to to be like, posted yeah like a, like a delay or whatever yeah like, yeah like when you make that a tweet it's gonna post exactly at a certain <laughs> moment that was a really, really funny one because imagine if they're losing that game <laughs> oh that would have been bad but it's it's jojo pian is an example of like one of those players who's definitely going to be remembered for more than just the fact that he's a good yeah. player and that is good i mean mm -hmm. and you know uh it's because of vulcan so mm. no. <laughs> those those tweets those tweets mm -hmm. that he'll be remembered for co-written co-written yeah <laughs> i hope yo-yo learns to write his own tweets I'm, I'm surprised he literally just turned 18 like Aren't you kids supposed to know how to use no. the internet? <laughs> <laughs> no. He, kn he knows. I think JoJo knows, <laughs> but he's very, very careful. And so he's asking. This is like the whole, like, you know, mentorship process in there. All oh, right. He's, mm -hmm. he's getting a mentorship. <laughs> yes. Yeah, true. Um, case for those who didn't know, that it's rumored that, you know, during MSI, JoJo Pion thought that Cleanse would work on Malzahar's alt and the. 
<laughs> rumor is, according to Peter, that it might have been leaked by Vulcan. Dude. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he did ever try that on stage. <laughs> but, uh, that this is the character, we, right? You, we can't. I, I really agree and like what you just said there. It, they cannot just be known for how well they play. That's primary, of course, absolutely. But if we can get to know them a bit more, their characters, what kind of players they are, um, they, they it, it makes us as fans appreciate them more and appreciate the, the whole region and be invested in it. We want to know them beyond just their, you know, mechanics, beyond just their um, rift success. And so I think uh, this is a quote you have in here in the show notes. Uh, would you like me to read it, Andrea, or would you like to read it? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. yeah read it. So it starts with, I do have kind of a character phil which is short for Fil- philippe is it philippe it's pronounced yeah. philip actually philip ah. said. you know i'd have to throw the french in there because you know he's french canadian <laughs> so phil it's different from vulcan he said i am putting an image out there that is kind of my brand and it doesn't necessarily mean that when i'm trash talking someone i'm trying to be mean or something i just want to entertain and try to get the fans to be involved in what's going on and in rivalries and all that stuff I guess I've just been smarter about the way I present myself. I'm trying to have more fun with it and enjoy different things more. That is key. And I'm so glad Evil Geniuses gave him that freedom to do that. I mean, he's on brand with our with our EG uh, org, right? So, any additional thoughts as we talk about Vulcan, the personality of the Rift? I mean, I all I can say is that I think he's got one of the best personalities. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy he's been able to, you know, show it to everybody through social media. It's an easy way to spread spread the the joy. Wonderful. And I think there's a couple of fun facts that you've put up here, Andrea. Why don't you uh pick a couple of to let us know about Vulcan? Yeah, um so Vulcan was doing a bunch of interviews with, I don't know if you guys saw that Travis Gafford kept mm-hmm. asking him about books because apparently like they talk about books and reading. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he really, he really seems to like fantasy books. Yeah. Uh, based on what he's posted on Twitter, like, oh, well, like, did you know that, uh, Chris, you know that Travis Gafford has a fantasy book podcast? He does? Or, well, show. I don't know. He does something. Yeah, he sometimes interviews big names in fantasy. Mm. I know so he like, attended a conference. Cool. Yeah, It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they talk about books in some interviews, so I thought that was really fun. Uh, also, Vulcan uh, used to play soccer when he was younger, and they do, like, these games. Uh, this is this in EG Files, too. Like, they, mm-hmm. do, they do have soccer nights or evenings or whatever. And he injured himself yes. uh, during one of those <laughs> this year. <laughs> yep. All right. Yes. Uh, if you guys haven't got the chance to see that, it didn't affect his play at all. I thought it would, but he was fine. He just got rolled Apparently. around on his wheelchair. Like. <laughs> doesn't doesn't need an ankle to play league. Apparently. <laughs> all he needs is his back to carry people on. <laughs> Uh, wonderful. Well, it's awesome. And thank you so much uh, for, you know, just guiding us and letting us know about Vulcan. There's more to be had. We hope, well, I'm thinking of just tagging him and see if he likes to add anything to this show. 
But before we get any further, Amanda, why don't you let the listeners know where they can follow you, how they can know more about Vulcan, and uh, what do you have upcoming during the offseason? Well, you can always find me uh, at BasedAmanda on Twitter, and I try to be relatively active there, you know, keeping up with all the LCS drama and contents, and especially the Vulcan contents. And, uh, you know, if you want to reach me on Discord, you can get me at um, Amanda, but the D, D-U-H at the end, uh, hashtag 4151. And I will totally be happy to answer questions and, you know, talk about, talk about my favorite player. Wonderful. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, sharing your day with us, sharing your time. We will hope to continue rooting for EG with you heading into 2023. Andrea, anything from your end? What do you got upcoming for you? What are you... Uh, nothing. You know, nothing. I don't do anything at all whatsoever. And that's a bold <laughs> lie because, you know, if anything, watch out for any Academy news. It's all on Andrea to let us know who the oh new upcoming players are coming. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and ACL stuff is getting announced. We are... Uh, we're going to talk about it later and we're probably going to discuss later, but yeah, some changes are coming to Academy. EG Academy is going to be completely different next year. So yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Very exciting. Well, folks, we did have a couple of questions that I forgot to ask. So really thank you to Amanda for taking her time to help us uh, clarify some of the questions that we found on Reddit and Twitter and so we thank you so much There's just two short questions so you'll probably experience a bit of interruption before we end the show thank you for tuning in again thank you for Amanda for answering these questions and without further ado here are the questions thank you CRM so much for these very fun questions scenario questions are always fun so for the first question I left my house and I saw Vulcan I would probably want to go for like a walk with him I think like a walk in the park would be fun you know it's quiet you can just spend some time and talk and not really be interrupted sounds like a pretty good time and you know okay once I go to my desired location who do I see and I get even more excited it would have to be perks because perks my first favorite esports player. I would be very happy to have my two favorite players to hang out with, especially since they know each other. And so once I have Perks and Vulcan with me, and I give them each a present to Vulcan, I would give him a copy of my book, I think, because I think he'd really like the book that I wrote, uh, which is a fantasy book, and I know that he likes fantasy. So I think he would enjoy it. And to Perks, I would definitely give him like a dog toy or something for his dog, Zoe, because he loves his dog. And it's always cute to give something like that. And, you know, after I reflect on my day and my journey that Vulcan and Perks and I had, this, that, that would be definitely be pretty crazy and on a scale of 1 to 10 about how realistic that is, probably pretty low. You know, currently, since Perks doesn't even live in America anymore, I'm going to give it like a 1. Uh, 
maybe if I lived in LA in 2021 while they were both on the same team, maybe maybe a maybe a two or a three. Uh, unfortunately, I don't live in LA, and I never have. However, I will take any opportunity I can get. So again, thank you, CRM, for those questions. Those are super fun. Thank you, Aura, so much for that question. I think that's a really interesting one. So to discuss whether I think he is performing at a acceptable level or underperforming in international events, I honestly think that there's a lot of factors that just play in to these international events like Worlds or MSI where underperformance isn't how I would describe how he's been doing. I feel as though based on the role that supports play in LCS in their region playing against other LCS teams versus how supports might function in LPL or LCK, I think he's performing as well as he's expected to as an LCS support. And that's not to say that, you know, LCS as a whole and LCS supports as a whole can't strive to be better. But for what we have been expecting of LCS in the past, you know, couple years, and I've only been really watching for two, but, you know, of those two, what I've seen as an expectation for these supports, I think he is doing what he should be doing. And I think he's done a good job of, you know, being there for his team and playing the role of support and doing what he has to. And it's, you know, it's, it comes down to just how is NA and how is the LCS? And are we ever really going to perform well as, you know, LCS supports at an international level? And to the question of, you know, how I could suggest he could become a better support, obviously I'm not qualified to say that, and I think he's a great support. But I mean, I guess, you know, like just exploring other regions and trying to play against other players from other regions as much as possible and just, you know, seeing how support functions in those regions versus in LCS, I think it just, you know, it gives you a lot of perspective and I, I think that's important. So if he has, and I know he does that already and I know all, a lot of supports do that, but you know, it, it definitely would have a positive effect and it does have a positive effect. So yeah. So again, thank you Aura for that question. That was really interesting. Awesome, man. Thank you uh, for all of our Evil Geniuses army. Until next time, live evil. Mm -hmm.